and welcome to Screen Tone Club. This is your fortnightly look at manga, episode 42, recording on the 19th of January 2020 for release on the 21st of January 2020. Um, I don't know about you, but my name is Elliot Page and I am freezing. Um, at least it is up here in the northern wilds of Scotland. And my lovely co-host, Mr. Andy Hanley, how are you faring with this weather? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've I've been been doing doing this gig for a few years now, so I'm I'm pretty pretty used to it. And and to be fair, I've also like barely left the house this weekend, where I, I have I have warmth, I have sustenance, I have wine. Like there's there's no possible reason for me to leave the house currently. Yeah, I have a loaf of sourdough bread, some beer, and a giant quilt and a Nintendo Switch. So kind of I'm good. Like <laughs> I think I'm okay. Like there's nothing really else needed at this point. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, this is your fortnightly look at manga. We'll focus on drink discussion. Um, we have a Patreon where for a mere $1 a month, you can sign up and you get an extra bonus episode every month. And if you sign up for a little bit more, you get to vote, um, on what we cover in these bonus episodes. And our lovely patrons have voted again this month of January and they have picked our January bonus topic for us to cover, which is the Spice and Wolf Light novel. At least the first one, not the whole thing that would be a lot um but we're, we're going to be reading the first volume of spice and wolf um also known as spicy wolf if you're a dork like me um i have i know about spice and wolf but i have never actually watched any of the anime or read any of the light novel how about you andy uh, yeah, so I'm I'm a, a big fan of the anime. I kind of dropped off the light novels, kind of like I think like eight or nine volumes in, mostly just out of a kind of time thing as much as anything else. I, I'm trying to remember like how many years ago it has been since I, I last read that first volume. The, the answer is whenever Spice and Wolf came out, but I can't remember how long ago that was. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to, to revisiting that again. Yeah, it's I feel like it's one of these light novels that was, you know, it was being released before the boom came upon us and our current rich lather of light novels was fully in flow um and also of course it got the anime adaptation which is beloved um i know a few people who very much um, put a lot of stock in that um but yeah we'll see how it goes and um, we of course all other votes um carry over so we may yet have to read um chivalry of a failed knight or although you know also keys and Monogatari, which honestly i'm looking for an excuse to reread so i might do that anyway off my own back whoops <laughs> oh dear but yeah, so that's our bonus topic. And also on the Patreon bent is our shout out, our customary shout out to Mr. Rob Jessup, who very kindly supports us at the highest tier we have, uh, the princely sum of $12 a month, which also is the same amount of money that our hosting costs. So hey, that really, really helps. Um, but enough shilling. So we're going to move on to the first actual manga part of our um, conversation, which is returning champions. Um, Andy, you, it says here in this here little document that you're up to date on golf on the other side. How are you feeling about it? Yes, yes, I, I managed to finish the, the latest volume available in English uh, this morning, and uh, I, I, I guess let's start with with the negative. Like I've, I've really been enjoying the cliffhangers of every volume until this one, because now I, I don't just have the like, well, I have the next volume right here. This is fine. Like now. Now the cliffhangers have taken on a kind of like screaming into the void kind of semblance of like, oh God, now I'm going to have to wait like a long time to find out what happens here. Um, so, uh, so there is that. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's like, you know, I don't really have too much to say because it's really just reiterating, you know, what we've kind of talked about a few times about that series. Uh, but yeah, I still utterly love it. Like it is still fantastic in, in every way. And I, I think. 
kind of now I'm up to date with it. The, the thing that I'm sort of marvelling at the most is that how it, it, it does so much with what is a relatively kind of limited scope in the grand scheme of things. Like, this is not a series with hundreds of characters. It's not kind of a journey across, you know... A, a country or a planet or anything like that like it all takes place in a pretty small area with kind of a pretty small kind of group of of players who are involved in this entire thing but like even though it sort of it keeps sort of revisiting the same topics it, it has so much to do with it that it's kind of really impressive when you suddenly kind of take a step back and realize like nobody's really kind of gone anywhere in this series but it manages to get so much mileage out of kind of the the main mysteries and the main characters and their their kind of relationships to one another that that none of that stuff matters and like i can't really think of any other series that i've read that has been so tight in terms of that scope but still so so good and so compelling yeah it does a really good job of preventing scope creep like there are only so many characters there is like a global sort of wider tale or mythology to what is happening but you care about the like single digit number of characters and their interrelations and it you know it kind of restrains itself and that's really nice like you know like the amount of individual locations are known but they're ephemeral and it keeps it emotionally like kind of tight i suppose really i'd say is it's very it keeps it close to heart um at all times um like you know the big world only events you care about are the character blow-ups and the disagreements not oh no we need to combine to make a giant robot to save the space you know it's it's and also even the as i say the grander world um setting is more just there as flavoring for what is happening with the cast um like as it flashes back to like the capital every now and then um but yeah some really especially in the more recent volumes like volume six and seven like some really intense stuff happens which i think i kind of like made noises about previously to you andy um so yeah it's i'm with you like having now reached the end of the line of what's available available you know what's actually available to us legally is torture because <laughs> it's like oh no i really love this and i love the char- characters and i'm really worried and now i just need to sit here and stew so yeah yeah, for, for sure. The, the other thing that's kind of struck me, like, now I'm, I'm kind of up to date with it in terms of, of English-speaking releases, is I, I guess I, I was always of the assumption that at some point it would coalesce into a far clearer like oh these are the good guys and these are the baddies but like actually nope. it, it, <laughs> it manages to restrain itself from doing that even though there, there are so many kind of easy jump off points where it could go with that and I really like the way that basically every character in this series is effectively like doing the best they can with the incredibly limited knowledge that they have. Like nobody in this series knows more than like maybe 20% at most of what they actually need to, to know to resolve what ails them or kind of make any steps forward. And everybody's just kind of, just kind of just fumbling around in the dark with a couple of kind of like, probable half truths because everybody is also an unreliable narrator in this series and it's just like it's really fascinating just to watch kind of people just working with the incredibly limited information that they have which may or may not have kind of a sound origin and there's something again kind of unique but just something really fascinating to to watching that and it kind of i think that that is one of the other things I, i really kind of like about it and like i say i kind of assumed that at some point it might 
make a line in the sand or kind of stick a flag in the ground as in terms of you know setting up you know who who is in the the right quote unquote here but it absolutely like refuses to do that and it's it's all the better for it yeah it's far more refreshing to read as a result um especially because like as the reader you don't have all the information yourself anyway and that's great because you know it can be very irritating when you're reading something thinking why don't they just do xyz it would solve all their problems whereas in this case like you don't know have a full handle on even the problem or the solution or what is possible i mean everyone involved has very limited agency of what they can accomplish um even more so for yourself as the reader um so it's that really helps um kind of keep it it keeps it in that fairy that fairy tale sort of like mood that really drives it on and makes it really hard like really close to home almost i'd say um myself yeah, yeah certainly there, there are so many kind of series that that we could kind of hark back to across this podcast where you find yourself like shouting like why don't you just tell this character what you know but here it's like everybody does actually legitimately kind of share their knowledge it's just that it doesn't actually help anybody in the grand scheme of things because it's all so kind of like half-baked and, and ephemeral and uh yeah it's it's uh it's very good stuff i, I will also like final shout out that i feel like i've not mentioned before but i'm increasingly enjoying the little kind of like comedy vignettes oh they're great volumes i love them i love i love those idiot dogs yeah like for all the the kind of like dark serious stuff it's like it's such a nice kind of palate cleanser at the end of a volume where you know it's maybe the the main story has gone some places and then it's just like manages to find some some little little moments of goofiness that that have increasingly kind of made me made me crack up so like kudos for for going down that route with it yeah plus also if they try to include that in the like real run of the storyline it'd be weird but no having those little omake are great um i love all of them they're really funny um yeah, absolutely so so yeah still like very high up my kind of recommendation list currently and i'm, I'm now just going to be chomping at the bit and constantly hitting like refresh on the comicsology page to see when we're going to get the next volume but uh yeah i fully expect that's going to be a while now. yeah i can only really recommend that you somehow purge it from your mind so that when the next volume comes out it's a very pleasant surprise yeah as someone who has like chomped at the bit on too many series in his lifetime really uh, but yeah it's good stuff um so moving on to more good stuff um is my love story we covered this in a bonus episode um ore monogatari my love story um also originally also previously an anime um i've continued to read this i picked up volumes two and three on kind of a i'm feeling a bit sorry for myself and a bit lame i'm gonna lay in bed and what read this sort of thing which is what's good about digital manga is you can buy it and download it within five minutes even when you're laid in bed um but yeah it's continued to be very charming the adventures of takeo and yamato continue to be absolutely adorable um it does a really good job as it carries on of fleshing out takeo and making him an adorable doof um a massive huge adorable doof who has his heart very much in the right place and like like he never does anything that needs excusing which really helps um in that he's not like he's not a saint he's an idiot but he's a really good character and it kind of helps yamato out because you know we meet some of her friends and they're like really you like this guy you could have the pick of anyone you know yamato you're very pretty but she likes takeo and you see why because he's a cool guy who kind of you know he like at the risk of sounding a bit weird he ticks yamato's boxes as it were like he he is that he is what she finds attractive and that really works and you have some more stuff with um 
the best friend character whose name I've forgotten. I really Sunna Sunna. Um, it's got some more stuff with Sunna, which is really again really heartfelt and lovely. Um, and yeah, I'm reading more volumes of this, and it's really adorable. Um, the characters are great. The the extended family, Takeo's family, are complete dorks as well. Like when Yamato comes around, they're just like kind of shocked that he's picked up a really cute tiny little button of a thing as a girlfriend. Um, and so yeah, it's really cute. I really enjoy it it's it's really good fun it's you know it does get a bit saccharine at times but i think it balances that right with like very understandable misunderstandings if that makes sense like where they have miscommunication issues because takio is a big doof as mentioned and you know it's not perfectly plain sailing that they've still got a lot of stuff to learn about each other and how to interact and yeah it, it comes across really lovely um so yeah it's a really good read um continuing to enjoy it Cool. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's certainly one that's on my list that I'll, I'll probably want to go back to kind of when uh, w- when I need it. Like, it feels like the kind of wholesome thing where sometimes, you know, it's good to have in reserve of just like, no, nah, I really, I really need this right now to, 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 to make, make my life feel better. So it's, it's definitely on that list. Yeah, totally. Plus, like, one thing that really helps is it's a very, it's gonna sound dumb, but it's very equal opportunities in the characters, like, goofing up or doing things. And so it leads to a lot of really fun, little events where like it's not just like you know Yamato's also a doof bless her little tiny girl um so yeah it's a good read i'm really enjoying it the characters are massive sweeties and i love them dearly <laughs> so so congratulations series you won like you did it <laughs> yeah cool so that's returning champions done moving on to the main part of the series show do you mind if i go first andy no please do i'm i'm lubricated up with the power of lager so i'm ready to go um so my pick um first it was um sorry for my familiar volume one um the author is teka uh, yaguba oh god sorry start again Uh, the author is Teku uh, Yagu Raba. Um, that took about five attempts I've cut in post. Uh, the publisher is Seven Seas. Um, it's not complete at the moment. And in fact, it's currently caught up to all six volumes in English um, uh, that are also out in Japan. So now it's actually up to date. And in fact, um, on the time, the day you're listening to this should be the release date of volume six. Uh, you can buy it from most good digital stockists and I believe that and there is a physical version out there. So, Sorry for My Familiar takes place in a generic fantasy land, like sort of demons in the demon world, where it's got, the first thing you see in the book is an RPG map of all the continents and towns. Our adventurer, in this case, is a little girl called Patty, who has a pair of slick black horns and a tiny little tail that makes, that makes everyone assume she's some kind of minotaur or cow, but at this point, no one quite knows, but she's a little bitty thing. Um, she's very willful, though. And um, this is also a world where every demon, and the world is full of lovely demons, um, has a familiar, which can be a different kind of creature, like a bat, or a salamander, or a carbuncle, or in Patty's case, it's a giant six-foot dude called Norman, who wears a trench coat, he has very close-cropped hair, and is a massive nerd lord who loves researching demons, which is pretty handy as it turns out. And Patty and Norman are going to set out to discover and find out where Patty's asshole dad has gone because he's a massive loser. He's racked up tons of debt, left home and left Patty with like nothing to her name. So she needs to hunt down her dad and figure out what the hell is going on. Um, and generally it turns into a travelogue series where in this first volume, they basically get across one town and then reach the like starting desert. If you ever played Final Fantasy three slash six. 
And that's where we get to in this verse volume. And it's, of course, it's the adventures of Patty trying to find her way around the world, meeting lots of other demons and silly adventures um, and um, try getting into scrapes because Norman's a massive dork lord and wants to research absolutely everything he comes across and generally being a bit overbearing and freaking out all the demons because why do you have a human here? Like, why? And so yeah, it turns into this comed- comedic sort of series of just gooning around. And frankly, I really enjoyed it. Like, I feel like I enjoyed it more second time around reading it for this podcast. But I like the dynamic of um, Patty and um, Norman a great deal. Like, they're both kind of doofy. Um, Norman is... Although he he is very one note in his love of research, he puts it to good use in finding out things about the demon world and... You know, he's a combination of quite powerful physically because he's a giant six foot dude. He's also an actual human with intelligence, which puts him across against some other, um, you know, familiars that are, are about in the world. And so, yeah, it just turns into this massive demon world travel log, like without real heroes. It's just a daughter, a girl and her familiar trying to find a deadbeat dad. And yeah, off it goes. So I, as I say, I really enjoy it because it's got lots of good comedy. They end up in a tournament, like in the second chapter. Um, to like win tickets for a train line and from there on so yeah it's kind of just harmless like sort of dumb thing of the week um norman constantly trying to research things and they constantly keep running into people who have um a you know they want money out of her dad whoops so it turns into this sort of ongoing gag of constantly being about a day behind him um so yeah it's it's fun it's really quite uh it's got a lot of inventiveness in its art because it has an entire demon world and it can do whatever it likes um it plays into the whole like research element of norman so he's not like some kind of god warrior with a sword he's just a dude in a trench coat but he's kind of unnerving enough to everyone around him because he keeps researching everything that it kind of works out and you know uh patty herself is a bit of a an unknown because no one quite knows what her actual species and powers are she's just a little doof in a cape and so yeah it's kind of a nice buddy comedy thing on from there um but yeah i really enjoyed it um the main reason i haven't bought yet more of it is because seven seas digital copies are a bit of a weird premium and so i'm kind of waiting for it to go on sale or for when i have a voucher or something um but yeah i really really just kind of flat out enjoy it like it's not gonna change the world but it's a good goony comedy um i all i have to ask at this point is andy did you also like it like i did yeah, yeah, I, I had a good time with it as well. Like, I, I think that the main thing that kind of made it work for me is that the entire volume just exudes this kind of manic energy that really, A, it's kind of infectious, and B, it just kind of helps the story and the comedy just kind of power through that entire volume. Because I've got to admit, like, I was a little bit worried coming into this of like, eh, one, this is maybe not usually my kind of thing. And B, like, I was kind of worried, like, I'm not sure I'm really in the mood for this kind of thing. But, you know, I I need to read this. Um, And I think that the fact, the energy that it exudes, it's kind of like... It's kind of like going to a party or out for a meal or something and you're kind of not really up for it, but then it turns out that kind of the company you're with are just, you know, good conversation and entertaining and you kind of get drawn into it. And this is kind of felt like the manga reading equivalent of that where I maybe wasn't, I felt like I wasn't in the mood for it, but it just kind of like got me on board and then just kind of pulled me along for the ride and uh, it was, it was so much the better for that. 
Um, it kind of kind of reminded me a little bit in in that sense of kind of Konosuba, where yeah, I totally, think it just, totally, it just has that kind of energy and it just kind of goes for it and doesn't really kind of uh, it doesn't really leave anything behind. It just kind of gives a hundred percent from the get go. It just jumps in with both feet and like even when it maybe missteps or doesn't work out, like again, just just that energy and that constant progression kind of lets it get away with letting things slip and maybe you know not doing things so well sometimes because you're always on to the next thing and you know it's just you don't really have time to sit and kind of deconstruct any of it or like think about why any of it is working or not working it's just like you're you're on the roller coaster now and that's that's that yeah i think it also like it keeps its heart on its sleeve in that regard i don't know if that's the right phrase it's probably not but like you know as i said the characters start in the southwest of the map and there's like loads of places and um, continents in the world map and it's basically like yeah this is basically just a nez rpg where we're going to end up in the other corner of it at some point fight a giant dragon um and you know as you say like the kind of boundless energy and especially norman being constantly enthralled by stuff um makes it kind of charming uh because you know it, it helps that he's not a know-it-all he's also just somebody who wants to find out everything which makes it a lot more bearable also like this is like i know this is like really really base level desire or requirement but it's also nice that it's a series that has demons and monster girls and monster people in but it isn't endlessly goddamn horny um i think the fact that it's just a good old goonie um dumbass like travel log adventure comedy adventure road trip thing really helps out um because you can get fed up of series leering down chests a lot <laughs> yeah yeah for, for sure and it also like in, in a similar vein it also doesn't get too caught up in kind of like the whole biology of the the monsters and the familiars etc etc like it kind of it, it has stuff there and i feel like if you're interested in that it's kind of there's enough for you to dig into but i think one of the things like when it, it kind of started down that train and kind of revealed like you know oh norman's researching these things i was kind of expecting lots of long spiels of kind of like oh well here's this familiar's biology etc etc but it manages to keep that pretty pretty nicely contained so that it's kind of there if you want to engage with it but it doesn't kind of foist it upon you for like page upon page upon page it's just kind of there but it's it can be window dressing if that's all you want it to be and again i think that just lets the other parts of the series kind of do their thing and be entertaining without kind of dragging you into that particular rabbit hole yeah i feel like for every instance of norman flipping out and talking about something he's discovered about the monsters he then immediately then gets dragged back to earth by someone else or he is forced to by the situation to apply it practically Um, um like with that um giant um there's that monster in the barn which is a giant gob with a tiny smaller version of itself on a dangler and like that's a funny bit that you could think about deeply but instead it's just like oh look check it out this is stupid (laughs) and it's like hey i survived i didn't get eaten thank god so it kind of helps in that regard where it kind of like clearly paints a bigger world but at the same time if you just want to see the goonie comedy it's right there for you again much like i mean it's almost like it, it has more, you know, Connor Super does some of the same stuff where it has like stats and RPG mechanics and classes and levels. But then all that really matters is the main character steals a character's panties um, and then gets beaten up for it. 
So that's yeah, yeah. yeah. God, it's, I want to watch kind of Suba again now. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is one of the things that kind of struck me, like reading this volume of like it feels like this would make a good anime in that vein because you can you can kind of hear like I mean, Patsy in particular, you can just kind of like hear her just like shouting and wailing at Norman like half the time because like you know she's constantly exasperated and like that that dynamic between those two characters like it's it, again it's one of those things if if you sit down and really boil it down and analyze it deeply like it's kind of one note like it's kind of doing the same thing over and over again but it actually it, it there's enough to it and it, it, it delivers it in such a way that you never kind of get that feeling of like ah, eh, this is starting to get old now like it, it is it is my one concern about this that is kind of like especially when i looked and realized that it's already at six volumes because this feels like a series that you could wrap up in like two or three volumes and i'd be really in for that as just kind of like you know here's here's the journey from point a to point b you know it's going to span like three volumes let's say and then it's done and everyone's had a good time but like the fact it's it's springing out beyond that it kind of feels like that would be the point where i might start to tire of it unless it's got some incredible trick up its sleeve yeah i guess that's one of the sort of things to find out as it goes on i mean i could say the same thing about delicious in dungeon and that thing's been going on for a while now <laughs> that's that's i think seven plus volumes at this point but hey that's just that's a completely different series really um but no i yeah i, I agree with you that it could what you, you worry about it not just running out of steam but who knows i mean it's it's definitely got enough energy to it at the start so i'm willing to follow along and see where it goes uh, yeah, but also also sure. one thing i like about it is as you mentioned it's got tons of energy but also that comes out in the art um like there's tons of madcap energy in the art like it's not like the most painterly or prestigious like art uh, presentation but you know, it gets it gets across what it needs to. Like it has Norman showing you scribbles in his notebook. It has some very well drawn monsters. Um, it makes a lot out of very dynamic, stupid things. Like when he's like tormenting a cat creature with a feather toy. Um, like it does a lot of dynamism and a lot of stupid movement. So that kind of really helps, as I say, ginger it along. Like you're not going to find anatomical correct models, but you're going to see some good goony crap. Um, yeah yeah it's it's really expressive for all of that stuff and yeah like it definitely uh, again haven't talked about other series recently that, that have kind of the exact opposite problem of being kind of very painterly but just having no kind of feeling of, of movement or anything like this you know you, you get a good feel for whatever madcap stuff is going on and obviously like it has it has good faces which I feel like is now just the standard for manga like pretty much you know it, you ain't gonna get nowhere with with a comedy series unless unless you can draw good faces trademark symbol here um, and uh, like this this definitely kind of has that on point but yeah like the whole thing is just again i i, I think that's kind of what what led me to kind of make the note about like oh this would make a fun anime because you could kind of like it's, it's one of those series where you can kind of see the movement even though it's it's not there and it kind of it, it feels like this could be sort of a storyboard for an anime because it, it just has that that feeling of, of things in motion and you know often in rapid motion because there's always some some crazy stuff going on yeah totally um as you say good face is an also it helps that like patty is very expressive because she you know she has a tail and horns and crap so you know that really works uh but yeah it's it's real good fun i kind of can't really say much more than that at this point um but yeah i'm glad you liked it um but also yeah as i say like i, re I remembered liking it the first time i read it and then when i recommended it for this i thought oh no is this gonna be a case where i go back to it and find out it's really nothing but in this case i came back to my like, oh no i do like this series it's really goody it's just what i want to read right now um so yeah. hooray 
Cool. Cool. Um, so yeah, that is. Oops, I closed the tab. Hang on. So that is sorry for my familiar volume one. And moving on to your pick, Andy. Um, something we've talked about in a previous life and podcast is um, the first volume of Wave. Listen to me. Uh, do you want to take it away? Yes, indeed. Yeah, this is something that's kind of been on my to read list for for a long, long time. And and every so often, I kind of get reminded from you know people posting random panels in my Twitter feed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, like, oh yeah, I've been meaning to check that out, and then I forget about it again, etc., etc. So so now now the cycle can be closed, and I can actually say I've at least read the first volume of this. Um, and yeah, so Wave Listen to Me is is a, a series from uh, Hilaki Samurla, who I, I hadn't actually realised was actually also the author of Blade of the Immortal, which is a very different series to this. I guess. Um, and it is the story, ostensibly, of, uh, of a young woman called uh, Koda Minale, who is uh, working in, in a curry shop. Um, and I mean, the one word that people use for her a lot is, is eloquent because she's, she's good with her words. Um, but she's also very opinionated about basically everything. Like it is, uh, you kind of see her early, early on just kind of spouting about this, that and the other. Um, as we kind of join her in the series, like she's newly single. She's just been dumped by her boyfriend. And uh, she's basically just like met some random like old dude in a bar and is basically just kind of drowning her sorrows and ends up just venting with this massive long rant about like her boyfriend, everything that's wrong with him, like where he came from and how like his problems are kind of just like generic for everybody who comes from that location, etc, etc. She wakes up the next morning like in a a surprisingly kind of tidy fashion and kind of compliments herself on like, hey, I'm actually a really tidy drunk. Like, you know, I put my shoes, take my shoes off properly and everything which plays into a fantastic gag later in the volume um and uh she's at work uh the the following day and suddenly her voice comes on the radio because uh the older dude that she was out drinking with is actually works for a radio station and decided to like record and and basically got an, a, a drunken agreement from her to record this entire like tirade of hers uh to broadcast it on the radio which She's non too thrilled by, as you can kind of imagine, uh, goes and kind of puts a stop to things, which just leads to her having to, to blather a little bit more on the radio, kind of in, uh, in compensation for that. Um, but it kind of sets her down this path where, uh, her, 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 kind of blast out on the radio gets her some, some kind of not- notoriety and popularity. Like, you know, people are, leaving comments on her restaurant's blog, like they're getting in touch with the radio station saying like, hey, I want to hear more of this person, etc., etc." Um And so it kind of leads to her being offered uh, offered a, a slot on this radio station, um, which is kind of like, this, this is the weird part of the volume because it feels like things are kind of moving on quite quickly and this whole thing is set up of like okay well you know you we're going to give you this this show your own show on this radio station it's going to be like 3 30 in the morning because like hey like you're a complete amateur you know you're not going to get the the freaking breakfast show um and um and then at that point it just kind of like veers off and and that kind of gets parked for a while and just goes back to a a bunch of kind of restaurant based drama um as stuff goes on at this at this curry house um and then right at the end of the volume it kind of sets up the lead into volume two of like okay well now we've got a sponsor for your radio show so we can actually do this thing um but overall i really enjoyed this volume like i uh, the, the main thing that that made this work for me is that it's it's really all about the characters for me and i i think the thing that really struck me about this kind of from the get-go is that the characters in the series all feel 
lived in. Like, they all feel like people who have had a life up to this point, and you just happen to have dropped into that to their lives at this specific point in time. Yeah. Like, there are so many series where, you know, it, it, they either try to do that and it never really quite works out. Um, either due to kind of like, you know, weird exposition dumps or whatever, or you have the kind of the, the typical like, oh, well, I was just a bo- boring, ordinary person who never did anything with their life until this moment when the series started. But like all of the, all of the characters here, they feel like they've had lives that have been going on for, you know, for, for however long. And there's there's something kind of really satisfying ab- about that. And and I think that actually also sends the character art that also the characters look like they've they've lived. Like, you know, in, in their own various ways, depending on their age, you know, they, they don't just kind of look like you know, your sort of clean, typical sort of, you know, character designs. They they look like people who have, have gone through some stuff, you know, in for better or for worse and kind of come out the other side of it. And there's, there's a really good feeling of, of that, that that kind of permeates this entire volume, that, that everything that everything that people are saying and doing their motivations etc etc all come from this place of kind of like whatever life experience they have or in some cases don't have like coda for for all of her kind of uh for all of her her talk is actually pretty naive it turns out in certain ways um and uh you know which which also kind of plays into i think that the strengths of these characters um but that's kind of really what kept me going through this volume i think is that I just, I just wanted to spend time with all of these characters and kind of hear them talking and going about their lives and having their dumb quips about TV shows that they'd watched or whatever. And it just, it, it felt like a kind of quite a genuine sort of fly on the wall kind of sense of just like checking in on these various people and kind of getting to know them. And there's something really satisfying about that for me. Yeah. It's. This is my like third or fourth time reading this now, and it's still a really wild series because the whole thing, as you say, is really heavy on its characters and without like especially um you know uh Minare herself, it would be a complete dead fart and the fact that it's more of a character study first than an actual like ongoing plot based series like is both like it's really it's absolute best biggest strength and it's like weird like thing like it doesn't feel it feels like something other than manga almost maybe i'm just thinking overthinking it but it definitely feels like this is like the minari special rather than a manga series about them about the characters who are here um especially because it goes into such depth and as you say like the characters are fully lived in they they're opinionated they have viewpoints on things they like they have both their in their large outside voice and their inside voice of them talking about stuff you know you have um what's his face naka um, nakahara the uh, the chef from the um curry place who like not so secretly pines for minare but she has kind of made clear that he doesn't have a chance no matter what she just doesn't see him that way um which you know whether he takes that on board or not is up to him but yeah as you say like the characters feel extremely lived in like the places they live the places they go the things they eat how they appraise each other how they converse um how they dress how they control themselves all of it like makes it fascinating like at one part um minari's been told basically flat out like look after this event you're out i'm firing you because i want you gone uh because this stunt i don't want this in my restaurant 
and like she like starts to try and redeem herself and keep her job and literally the character like the the restaurant owner says like after another outburst she's like um he's like oh can you not like remain focused for one hour on doing a thing which is again it's you think it's a madcap manga character but it is just how minare handles stuff like she's constantly sort of jumping around especially with her very unexpected albeit extremely minor stardom like she can't believe that people would would remember like the voice of a, a waitress from a restaurant and yet because she got blasted across the radio people do know about her because people put the radio show on um and so it kind of makes it a fascinating read which at the same time makes it slightly irritating to read if you want something that is straightforward like you know the the afterword mentions how it's supposed to be a series about love uh, about romance and radio and most of the volume turns into just monare's life and then some talking about radio and how she keeps basically keeps walking into poverty <laughs> um which is also another big thing about it where it's not just about a case of oh no character poor bimbo blah 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 instead it's like no this is real life and how you have to put food on the table and eat and so you know it constantly worries about money and about the character's place and you know what they're doing because it's not just like high schooler on the up and up they've got a treadmill ahead of them you know minari and everyone around her is a grown-ass adult and they've got a life to worry about um yeah which also then plays yeah. into her being really flight of fancyish and giving characters weird backstories and um like I think fake like flashbacks, which are not easily demarcated in the manga, which make it really confusing at times. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean that that stuff. I I really enjoyed the way it played with with all of that because yeah, it kind of it, it's it, it drops in out of nowhere, then it kind of gets explained as just like some tall tale that Manali's gone through, and then there are other elements to it. But it's like, wait, was some or all of that tr- actually true? Because it then kind of like doubles back on that, and it it, it clearly enjoys being playful about that stuff. Um, but yeah, like th- that was certainly one of the things that struck me. You mentioned about the whole kind of poverty thing, because I mean, it's a pretty common thing in kind of, you know, anime and manga of like, you know, character loses their job, doesn't have a job, whatever. And there's always kind of the setup of like, oh no, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay my rent? But there's never really, it, it, it often feels like it's something that's said without any real sense of consequence. Like it's always just there as a, as a kind of throwaway kind of threat or dilemma. Whereas uh, I think the thing that makes it real in this is that Minari sets out a very clear, like, oh, I've got X amount of time to find a job and sort out my finances, otherwise I get kicked out. Like, there's no kind of nebulous, oh, no, you know, uh, how am I going to pay my rent? It's a very straightforward, like, the t- the, you know, the countdown clock is now ticking. Here is the point where it reaches zero. And I think there's something about that that felt, that made it feel far more kind of real and far more urgent because it actually put a very clear kind of limit on that rather than just be a kind of nebulous, like, oh no, this is a bad thing. You know, I have no money. And, and I think it's, it's kind of little things like that. I think that, that make it work. And it's, again, I think that extends to kind of Minara's character as a whole, the, the way, because, you know, she, Again, she feels like a very real character and not just kind of an archetype because she's, she's a big old bundle of kind of contradictions and kind of confidence, but then confidence that is kind of undermined by other neuroses, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, there, there are some fantastic moments throughout this volume. It's like, you know, when, when she gets told, Hey, you can have this radio show, but we need to find a sponsor and kind of her default kind of, you know, her, her default sort of, the default kind of braggart in her is just like, well, okay, cool. I'll just go around and find a sponsor. And then she kind of gets a phone call 
from you know the the guy who set this whole thing up who's just like i bet you're just trying to find a spot to yourself aren't you like do you realize like how much this costs and like do you do you understand the actual like business realities of this and basically just like shoots her down straight away of just like don't try and like play the the kind of don't try and play the protagonist basically of like this isn't a thing that you can fix all yourself like leave this to the professionals and we'll let you know when we fixed it and there are there are a bunch of moments like that where and and on the on the flip side of it as well like there are a bunch of moments where her self-confidence kind of gets her into trouble and she runs her mouth and there are also moments where like her her own kind of her own kind of worries about her self-worth and how other people kind of think about her and interpret you know her behavior like actually kind of undermines her actual strengths and again that just all of that just feels very human and very real that she's kind of like a, a rounded character again that, that has has lived a life and she has hang-ups based off of things that have happened to her in the past and she also you know has moments of kind of insane overconfidence that just get her into trouble and and that really does help to kind of power this entire volume in particular yeah totally i mean as you say like her her most primary strength that you know she doesn't quite appreciate and is why the radio station take a liking to her is her eloquence like like she can even when drunk she can talk for 23 minutes solid without stuttering once um so she's basically the perfect podcaster um but the problem is that like she is extremely opinionated and when embarrassed about her drunken ramblings bursts into the radio station and like walks things back and kind of talks about it and then some people say and then later on feedback is like well it wasn't as entertaining when she burst in and it was a bit more weird then and so her ability to actually run her mouth is her one money maker at this is a money maker at this point but also is a really real big worry where she as you say her both her naivety and her brashness get her in deep shit as a result um and also her i mean a lot of it is a case where she keeps thinking um that she is like as you say the protagonist or is an isolated character or doing isolated things and so when people say you know people listen to radio like people are listening to this and so don't be surprised when people say were you on the radio like be careful so yeah yeah but yeah, yeah. as i say as, as i say like the fact that all this stuff is interspersed like the money worries the um her coming off of her relationship worries her job worries it makes it a really as i say really kind of interesting just melange of a character spread out across this time span because it takes place over several months and stuff happens in her work and life and such where as i say it makes it a really fascinating portrait of an actual life rather than like an, a manga plot which as i say is fascinating to read but also really unlike anything else that i've read recently honestly yeah yeah, for sure. And and I think, you know, as, as well as Minale herself, like the, the extended cast all kind of help with that. I mean, at one point she kind of moves in with one of the like producers on the radio station and she's kind of, she's an interesting character that there's still some stuff that, that's clearly kind of, you know, just, just kicking around in, in the background that, that you expect will, will come to the fore at some point. And, and again, just, you know, like, like you mentioned, you know, her, her boss in, in the curry house is, you know, not your typical kind of, you know, anime slash manga boss who just kind of lets a lot of shit slide he's just like no like you're 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 screwing with my business plan like you're you're out as soon as i can replace you and that you know becomes a, a very kind of final thing which again i think adds urgency to a lot of what's going on again when she gets this whole radio gig you know they were people who are 
very cynical about the whole thing as like this all seems a bit too good to be true and weird like are you sure that you're not getting duped here and you know that i think a, a lot of the kind of reactions of other characters kind of bouncing off of her in, in various ways will already help with that as well um but yeah i think uh, you know the, the one thing that i did find weird and uh, as you mentioned you know it is it is very unfocused kind of narratively like it it seems like it's setting up a really obvious a to b to c of 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 minale's kind of life and and how things are going to go but then it just kind of veers off uh, into into kind of other realms and and it was it was the one thing where there, there was a point where i i didn't start to dislike it but it's kind of I, I was getting really interested, to, to be fair, in some of the like the nitty gritty of the radio station stuff and how that was playing out. And then suddenly it's like uh, we're back to kind of you know curry house workplace drama, um, and the series does feel like it kind of gets trapped between those two poles for a little bit before finally kind of freeing itself at the end of the volume. And I suspect that will probably be the point where quite a lot of people will potentially bounce on it because it feels like it sets something up and then just and just just parks it for pretty much half the volume um and i think if it weren't for the strength of character here i, I would probably have been very frustrated with it at that point but i was just kind of happy to watch these characters continue to to you know just sort of bounce off of one another for another kind of hundreds hundred or so pages while it was uh, sorting that stuff out yeah i think it's almost a problem where it has almost too much um where, where like there's a lot of stuff it can look at and so it decides to look at everything um which is then a problem because then you've got way too much going on all bundled into this one character um who again great character um but that is it's it's the problem of um suddenly only having linear sort of storytelling and time um and as you say like stuff gets spread out across time and also across like issues and responsibilities so yeah and also like this is a weird look behind the curtain but this got more annoying for me because my tablet kept crashing uh, for some reason <laughs> this ebook kept crashing my tablet and so i eventually gave up and moved to the pc and so having to not re-sign into the application every 10 minutes made it a lot easier to read um because it was just constantly like what were we doing again like were we were we reading about this or were we doing this what's going on so yeah whoops um yeah that th- th- this seems like a particularly tough manga for that to happen to as well because it's like it, it, it's a pretty verbose book as they go like it took me substantially longer to read this than your average manga volume because as, as we've discussed Manalo talks a lot and so do a lot of the other characters here like there there are lots of quite kind of not really so much deep but there are lots of kind of very comprehensive conversations people have there are there are very there are very few kind of short flippant conversations in this series like when when people talk they they have conversations and it's it, it almost feels like something that you know could easily have been like a light novel and not a manga much as i'm glad it's a manga because i actually really like the art style and the character designs but you know there, there is there is a lot of of talking and verboseness to this volume yeah but yeah i will say one last thing is um as mentioned the art is amazing not just like on a on a like what it brings across but also just in the detail like you can tell that the um art the author like researched weird bread and weird curry and just like character stuff it also feels very as you say lived in but it also feels very much um proud of but also based in the town in hokkaido it's set up so it kind of i think it's in sapporo um so yeah it's really if it was really of a of a reality um i suppose is what i'd say 
So yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, it, it certainly it kind of accentuates everything else going on because yeah, it does it does uh, a really good job with that. It's also in, enjoyable uh, from a, a kind of like away from the main narrative in terms of uh, there are lots of kind of throwaway little kind of internal monologues or even moments where Minara just breaks the fourth wall for a, a panel that just kind of come in out of nowhere and uh, and actually kind of offer just just enjoyable little vignettes. It's like there's one point where like somebody's out meeting her like with their car and just you basically you get the panel of them stood outside and she just like takes a look and just like huh, it's like an anime pose because he's just like there just stood in front of the car in a very specific way and there's really good little gags like that and yeah like there's also at least one moment where she just like mentions like oh like when did you stop believing me like how many panels ago was that and it just has these little moments that just kind of uh, just prod at the fourth wall which was was quite entertaining and just kind of come apropos of nothing yeah no yeah totally and also it's got one thing about this series is it has constant weird references and strange throwaway gags which the TL notes gamely um, keep up with but some of them are just like whoa that's a weird pull oh well whatever on we go um, so yeah some real weird little pulls and as you say fourth wall poking um, yeah yeah there's there's very much uh, i mean i i feel like some of that stuff is is very kind of it's going to be very specific whether you enjoy some of those references because you know they're, they're probably very specifically kind of around you know stuff that was on on japanese tv at the point this was written or whatever and i i do wonder whether at least some of that will have like the kind of sarno zetsubo sensei effect of just like aging out really quickly and, and kind of making some of this feel dated but uh thankfully it's, it's pretty minimal like it's not gonna it's not gonna ruin your enjoyment if you don't like immediately get all the references because i certainly didn't yeah so i don't know if you mentioned it at the top but uh um, it's currently three volumes long in English. Um, it got to three published volumes and then turned into a chapter release um, deal, which for me is very annoying. Um, it's currently up to six volumes in Japan. I believe it's had like at least one hiatus in its lifespan, which is part of the reason why it um, had a delay after volume three and then turned into chapter releases. Um, but I think Kodansha are catching up with it um i believe volume four is on the docket for some point now that there's actually like road ahead um so yeah i don't know how long it's going to be like blade of the immortal is also very long um the art or artists other work so god knows what's going to happen with this i've only ever read volume one so although i've read it four times so <laughs> god knows what's going to happen in volume two and onwards um yeah yeah i, I feel like I'll, I'll definitely gonna i'm definitely gonna try and, and read kind of you know some some subsequent volumes of, of this i mean i i do always worry a little bit about like mentioned the afterwards saying like oh yeah this is originally supposed to be mostly like a romance series i guess i should get on with the romance stuff i'm like actually maybe not maybe not maybe don't do that because like this actually i i'm kind of enjoying the other elements of it more than any of the kind of you know the, the, the hints at romantic stuff that's, that's go, that goes on in this first volume yeah i kind of prefer if it was more of a, a stories about love more than a romance story because you've already had the character post breakup in a really fascinating fashion um so i don't know more of a story about love more than rather than a story with love in it would probably be better for me uh, but hey yeah, i'm yeah. just i'm just a podcast dude yeah or, or maybe maybe we just have a compiled volume of the entire happy bread index and then we can just eat bread i don't know. yeah I'm, well i've got a sourdough loaf in my kitchen so i'm gonna go get that after this after this podcast <laughs> how many stars does that get on the happy bread index ah three it's it's all right yeah you know. <laughs> 
Anyway, and anything else to mention um, for Wave Listen to Me, Andy? No, no, I don't think so. I think I think that's covered it. Yep, cool. It's available physically and also digitally, so you can find it basically anywhere. It's always in a Kadansha sale, so you'll find it in a Kadansha sale. Um, they've got an entire line-wide sale at the moment, which I dropped a hundred pounds on because I'm a moron. Oops. Um, oh yeah, well, there's, there's 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 no no time like uh, like a sale to to do. No that, time so. like payday. So, uh, moving on to what we're talking about next time. So, as mentioned, we've got Spice and Wolf for our bonus episode. We'll be recording and releasing before the end of the month. Um, but for our next normal episode, um, I have picked a series um, with two titles, just translated, um, one translated and one not. Um, so I've picked X Enthusiasts, um, colon, Motokare Mania. Um, so yeah, this is a story about a girl who just simply can't get over her ex at all, even though it was five years ago and, um, not to show my hand too much, but yeah, um, same. (laughs) So whoops. Um, but yeah, that's a fascinating little thing released recently by, um, Viz. Um, and so Andy, how about you? Uh, yeah, so I, I believe we we both kind of stolen one one of each other's picks this time because yeah, like X Enthusiast was kind of on on my to do list for some point of view, and uh, I believe mine was on yours um, because I have picked uh, Yuri drama series. If I could reach you, Volume One for our next podcast. Yeah, I believe Volume Two of that has just come out recently as well. So it's it's getting. I've heard some good things about it, and it's got a steam in the community, as it were. People are people yes. are a Twitter about it. Yes, indeed. Yeah, it's one of those ones like Volume 1 came out. It's like, oh, this sounds interesting. And I kind of like the look of, of the artwork, at least on the cover. So I'll, I'll read this at some point. And then, yeah, like next thing we know, I, I think like Volume 3 is either coming out soon or is already out as well. So, uh, yeah, that seems to be yeah, continuing. It's, and It's got a pace on it for sure. Yeah, and and like you say, yeah, it's it's definitely. I've I've heard some good things, so we shall see if those good things are true. Well, as we know, Yuri is in fact justice, so you know. <laughs> cool. So with that, we're going to move into close down. Thank you very much for listening. You can find our website at screentone dot club. Um, I've updated the website with a few links and bits and pieces. You can now get a direct link to the um, page which lists all the um, podcast um, topics we've covered, um, which is now quite long. Unsurprisingly, we've been doing this for a wee bit. Um, including some recommendations on there with a little star um if you like the podcast please consider telling a friend Um, word of mouth is the easiest and best way to get podcasts noticed um ratings and reviews are very greatly appreciated thank you to everyone who's done it already you can get in touch with us on twitter at screen tone club or one word you can email us at show at screen tone dot club and um for personal stuff my name is elliot page you can find me at elliot page on twitter and also um at the risk of hanging myself here um i have put up a site for video game projects with a friend called questionable.systems so if you go to questionable.systems as a url you'll find a very tiny website which has my very tiny stupid games on um andy how about you Yep, so my name is Andy Hanley, and you can find me probably just imploring people to watch Weathering With You in the cinemas at this point, um, at Hannah's1979. God, a complete tangent, but I've been really enjoying the, the discourse roaring into life, um, given that we watched um, Weathering for, With You at um, Scott and Las Anime last year. Um, good, Yeah, go go see that. It's a good film. I'm not being paid for this endorsement. It's a good film. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I am kind of being paid for this endorsement, but I also, I also agree you should go watch because it's It's very good Uh, cool so thank you very much and good night bye everyone bye